Hello, everyone. Welcome to FoxCast Legal Listening. Today is our final podcast in the current series for financial advisors. We'll be discussing what advisors should do if a customer lodges either an informal or a formal complaint. With us today are Josh Horn and Ernie Badway, who serve as co-chairs of Fox Rothschild's Securities Industry Practice. Josh advises major financial services and advisory companies, as well as individual brokers, advisors, and counselors, defending against customer-initiated or intra-industry complaints. He also handles Financial Industry Regulatory Authority, SEC, and state matters on behalf of clients. Ernie represents corporations, limited liability companies, partnerships, and financial institutions such as broker-dealers, investment advisors, private equity and hedge funds, banks, and insurance companies, among others. He also counsels and advises clients on the creation of broker-dealers, hedge funds, and investment advisors, as well as compliance and regulatory matters related to their operations. Both Ernie and Josh frequently contribute to the firm's Securities Compliance Sentinel blog. Josh, Ernie, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. In our prior podcast, we've discussed pitfalls and practices that can cause risk, inadvertent risk and purposeful risk for financial and investment advisors. We've also talked about the special considerations that must be taken into account for our elderly clients. Uh, And in the last series, we covered the best practices, communication and documentation that can help advisors avoid risk with their clients. Today, we're turning our attention to what happens when an unsatisfied client files a complaint either an informal one verbally or in writing with the firm, or a formal one such as a statement of claim through FINRA. Josh, Ernie, what do you suggest financial advisors do when they discover a complaint has been lodged? Don't, don't jump out the window. <laughs> <laughs> you know, usually when we get these complaints, um, that the complaints that come in, you know, the, a lot of brokers and financial advisors and investment advisors think the sky is falling, and it is not. You know, I have not... Uh, I've been doing this for over 20 years now, Josh has too, and I don't know if Josh's experience is any different, but I have not seen one person literally lose their life because a customer complaint was filed against them. So I think the response has to be measured. Uh, the second thing is don't contact the client. That would be the biggest mistake that you can make because you, you have a lot of, you, in all likelihood, you're a human being and there's probably some... Uh, anger that's being built up because of this complaint and you want to make sure that that doesn't happen. Also on that score, the reason why you don't want to contact the customer is you may have actually done something wrong. And that unfortunately <laughs> that does happen. And if and you feel bad because you know most brokers who I've represented you know, like most of the clients and you may make some admissions to the clients, particularly in an email or a text uh, that will just come back to haunt you. And there's a reason why there's a compliance department and there's a reason why most firms work with particular lawyers because they're, they have the skills to deal with these types of issues and take it off your hand. And the other problem you run into if you try to resolve the case on your own, that's otherwise known as settlement in the field, and I can assure you that would probably violate your firm's written policies and procedures and that would invariably get you discharged from the firm, then you have a dual problem. You have a customer complaint and you have a termination, which would then be on your U4, U5, and so uh, for your for the broker dealers out there. So that's it, it's a very uh, you have to take it uh, seriously, but let the people handle it who are paid to handle it. Agreed. Uh, and what next? What's the next step? Well, you know, we've already talked about not speaking to the client, uh, but one of the other things that's is equally critical. Uh, because whether um, because when you turn it over, hopefully to your compliance group to work on this, uh, you want to make sure all of the paperwork is there. And, and I say that all of the paperwork is there. Now is not the time 
for you to go back and either one, create something or change something. Uh, you know, everyone is familiar with the famous uh, quotes from Watergate where they talk about, you know, the, uh, the crime is not as bad as the cover-up. What's important is that you gather all of the documentation, whatever form it exists in, uh, and turn that over to the right people without doing anything that will cause you further trouble. Uh, you know, keep in mind, Martha Stewart went to jail not because she was guilty of insider trading, but because she altered a document, and that's why she went to jail. And to pick up on Ernie's point, I can give a, a short war story that I had where the customer had filed a formal complaint and the broker sent us his files and, and the, the notes, the contemporaneous notes, or at least what we thought were the contemporaneous notes, were excellent. And so we prepared an answer to the statement of claim, sent it to the advisor to sign off on as being factually accurate, referenced those notes throughout the statement of claim and attached them to the, to the answer. And so after we filed the answer, I had a conversation with opposing counsel, and he suggested that those notes were not uh, correct and that they were faked. And I said, well, you know, that's fine. We can just hire a handwriting analyst and see when the notes were actually created so we can figure that out. Well, when we finally caught up with the broker and raised this concern or issue that opposing counsel raised and told him that what we said about getting a handwriting analysis, after the uh, pregnant pause that was on the phone, the broker then said, well, what if the notes weren't contemporaneous? Mm -hmm. And so I tell that story because it's what had to happen next, which made it was particularly problematic. I had to correct the record with FINRA, and so we had to basically concede that the notes were faked. And uh, the broker-dealer was faced with a situation that you could never go to trial on because there would never be credibility. Even And, and what the broker said to me was, but those things that I put in there are what actually happened. And I said, you know, I'm sure they are, but there's a reason why there's a law degree on my wall, not on your wall. <laughs> so you should never play lawyer. And so we wound up having to resolve that case and settle it for much more than the case was worth just because the broker um, did not preserve the file in its pristine form, even though it would have been incomplete. Which is why we refer back to our previous podcasts where we talked to people, where we talked about everyone to, where we talked to everyone about making sure you had great documentation, that you kept contemporaneous notes, and that you uh, made sure that it was all present in the file when it needed to be there. Sure. If you both had one piece of advice that you could give to a financial advisor who is faced with a customer complaint, what would it be? Take a deep breath. You know, do not think the world is over. You know, continue your business, continue your life. Uh, you know, if you planned a family vacation, uh, unless of course there's an arbitration hearing coming up or something like that, you know, you should not cancel your family vacation. You should not take it out on your family or friends about something like this happening. It's okay to talk about it, but don't let it consume you. Uh, I have seen, unfortunately, all too many times my clients, these things consume them and they don't know what to do. And, I, and to that end, I had a client who had a breakdown on the witness stand because it became all-consuming for him. Uh, we had a number of claims that we were defending him on, and, uh, and that was in one instance. In another instance, he had an altercation with the claimant uh, that one of the arbitrators saw. And so uh, it was unfortunate, and I had to deal with that on the record in front of the panel. Um, and it was just, you know, he it became his life, these cases. And so, as Ernie said, it's not worth it. Um, that's why we get paid to do what we do, because we take that burden off of you. 
uh, and you need to go about your life as normal because the, you have to remember you have other clients you still have to service. And if you let uh, a lawsuit or a complaint run your life, you're not going to service your other clients. Yeah, I had a similar situation with a broker client. It wasn't at an arbitration, fortunately, it was at a mediation, where the, uh, which is why I, I also serve as a FINRA mediator, which is why I never put the parties in the same room together. Um, but I was representing a broker, and the mediator put the parties together, and the parties literally almost went at each other because the broker was so deeply offended that this person made such a claim, you know, you know, was swearing and was just completely beside themselves that, you know, this person made such a claim that they had like, you know, they had gone out to dinner before, they had like, he had been invited to the person's, uh, you know, kids, uh, kids' events and things of that nature, and it really hurt him that these people were now complaining about him, and literally we, I had to pull my client off of uh, the client, uh, his former client, uh, because of what he did, and it just, you can't let it get to you like that. You really can't. I know, I know you feel, I know people would feel, it's my business, you know, I take pride in what I do, but you know, at the end of the day, uh, it is just another client, and you hopefully have a lot of other clients that need your assistance and who appreciate you much more. Josh, Ernie, thank you both so much. This has been really informational. Uh, listeners, this concludes our current podcast series for financial advisors. If you'd like to speak with Josh or Ernie about any issues impacting investment or financial advisors, you can reach Josh at 215-299-2184 or jhorn at foxrothschild.com or Ernie at 212-878-7986 or ebadway at foxrothschild.com. Fox Rothschild LLP is a full-service law firm with more than 600 lawyers in 21 offices coast-to-coast. We serve businesses of all sizes as well as individuals in more than 50 areas of law. Clients choose us because we understand their issues, their priorities, and the way they think. We become trusted business advisors working in the trenches with those we serve. At Fox, we care about your success as much as you do.